Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, October the 4th. A little Saints news. Uh, The Monday night football game last week. The Rams uh, take their second loss. Uh, 49ers uh, go 2-2. The Rams are 2-2. And... uh, I think Seattle's 2-2 two two in that uh, particular uh, division. Uh, but a 24-9 knocking, uh, 40, I mean, the 49ers defense really looked good. And, and uh, Jeff, well, Stafford just, uh, you know, he was completing a lot of passes. But just Cooper Cup helped him out a lot. I think he had an all-time high for receptions. But they couldn't get in the end zone. Yeah, you know, San Francisco is – I'm not going to say own the Rams during the regular season, but they've had a ton of success. Uh, the most uh, recent uh, rendition of them, uh, previous uh, team, San Francisco just does good job, and they were at home. Uh, yeah, last they night. were. They're, and they're not a bad team. They were. They're not. And uh, and Garoppolo looks like, you know, he's just a head. He just wins. That's all he does is beat you. It's the best insurance policy the 49ers Boy, yeah, made, man. Kid. You're right. Could you imagine him playing somewhere else right now? Quite possible. Anyway, uh, Major League Baseball, uh, all the playoff spots have been filled with a, uh, uh, the Brewers. Even though the Brewers won last night, all the Phillies had to do was beat the Astros, which unbelievably they beat them three to nothing. And, and again, the Astros have nothing to play for. Um, you know, that um, similar situation uh, in – uh, Dallas or Arlington, uh, Yankees uh, spanked them, uh, but Judge, no home run. Yeah, I, I, he's got, uh, what, two games today. You mentioned they have a yeah. doubleheader today and then a single game tomorrow, which will begin, uh, I guess, early to mid-afternoon uh, with that. And as I mentioned, uh, uh, seven oh three goes out the ballpark oh, last man. night by Albert Pujols. Uh, maybe uh, Aaron Judge needs to call Pujols and sees what's working for him uh, uh, hits his 24th home run this year. He's got 18 home runs after the All-Star break, which is leading uh, Major League Baseball right now. You know, and I know he won't do it, but, boy, I'd love to see him come back next year and break, uh, go past Babe Ruth. Yeah, that that would be something, but uh, he's – well, they gave him all the fanfare he wanted uh, Sunday afternoon in St. Louis, and he uh, – you know, he hit his first home run with the Cardinals back in 01 in his first at bat. Mm. He hit his last home run in uh, Bush Stadium in his last at bat. Uh, just uh, unprecedented. Glad to see him. Good guy. Uh, done a lot for baseball. I think he even won the Roberto Clemente Award one year uh, outside of baseball, contributing to the community and all. Uh, elsewhere, we get the high school football polls out this week also. Or we'll talk a little bit about that. And of course, at 8 o'clock, we'll have Lauraville head football coach Terry Martin on uh, uh, talking about his Lauraville Tigers, who opened up district play this week. I had a tough, tough uh, loss last week to Welsh. I believe they got beat 20 to 16. Four, 20 to 16, yes. And uh, the uh, Tigers. Um, Looking to break out, of course, all teams in that district of, uh, I think it's now 8-2A, uh, yes. play um, open district play uh, this week. Uh, going back to the Saints now, uh, you wonder if Winston uh, hadn't seen the injury report comes out on Wednesday uh, along with Thomas and Kamara and Rhymecheck and uh, boy, the turnover problems have hurt the Saints and inopportune penalties at the wrong time, especially by the defense. 
course, we talked a little bit about that yesterday, uh, especially that third down play. And something I forgot to mention to you too, Jeff, the the kid, the, the punter for the Vikings who threw the uh, the pass from his uh, 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 position uh, was the former Tulane punter last year, mm. uh, Ryan Wright, who was a quarterback in high school. So pass was a little short. If he'd have thrown it up a little higher, no telling how far yeah, that, really. that kid would have run his first catch in the National Football League in that regard. And uh, Tagovailoa is uh, out for week five. Uh, I mentioned yesterday the Dolphins have fired their uh, neurotrauma uh, consultant in that regard. Um, you just wonder how, what's the next thing uh, it's going to take place with the uh, with the Dolphins uh, in that regard. So um, – I there. Uh, I'm trying to remember who the backup quarterback is for the Dolphins yesterday. I can't recall watching the game. Is it the old no, bearded no, wonder? I'm kidding, I'm is kidding. it the bearded wonder? <laughs> it just seems like he was everybody's backup at some point. Yeah, but, you're right. Uh, uh, did a pretty good job wherever he went too as a backup. And from what I understand, uh, he's uh, doing a great job on those Thursday night prime broadcasts oh, too. Okay. He's, he's having a little fun there. Yeah, that's uh, that's important. Um, and he just he just a journeyman uh, quarterback that did a great job all over. Uh, of course, Andy Dalton's kind of got that reputation too now, as uh, he's now with the Saints and he's with the Bears last year and or no not the Bears last yeah, year. Yeah, Bears last year and, and Dallas it, the year before. Before right. that's right. So and has had to step up uh, each and every one of those years. So. That's right. That's correct. Anyway, uh, the Louisiana football, high school football polls are out. And uh, in Class 5A, it's Destrahan, the Wildcats. They only got two first-place votes. Uh, Carr has eight first-place votes, but uh, Carr is two and three on the year. Don't know how maybe some of the others voted, but they're number two. This is in 5A now. Catholic High Baton Rouge comes in third. They had a one first-place vote. Then Zachary, Rustin, Acadiana, the Wrecking Rams come in at six. John Curtis, seventh. Parkway from up in Shreveport is eighth. St. Augustine, uh, they break into the top ten for the first time this year. They're uh, ninth. Their brother Martin ends up in the tenth spot. Uh, any other local schools, Karen Crow and Southside. Southside gets seven votes. Karen Crow gets one. And uh, that's the only local teams in our area. Going to the 4A poll in high school football, well, Westgate got all 11 votes for first place. They're followed by Lafayette Christian, St. Thomas Moore, Warren Eastern out of New Orleans, Neville from uh, up in the Monroe area, De La Salle, Lutcher, North DeSoto, Turlings Catholic, who I believe Westgate Tigers play this Friday. And I do believe that's a home game too, Jeff. It uh, is. Uh, with the Tigers taking on for the Turlings. Uh, and then 10th is Opelousas. So uh, pretty impressive uh, group there. In 4A. And again, four of them from Westgate's district. That's right. That is correct. The only other school in the area getting votes, uh, Cecilia got three votes in 4A. Over in three. Go ahead. One of our listeners uh, reminded me, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he's the backup there in Miami. Had to step up uh, the other day. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Terry Bridgewater, another journeyman quarterback yeah. uh, with the Saints, with the Vikings, with Seattle, uh, uh, Denver. He's in North Carolina. Did he get, was he a quarterback with Carolina too? With the Panthers at once at one time, Teddy Bridgewater. Well, where did he come up? He came up through the Vikings, I thought. 
Seemed like he was drafted out of Louisville. Uh, yeah, that, that's right. He got hurt there and yeah. gave up on him uh, after the injury. That's when the Saints picked him up. Yes. Anyway, in 3A, Union Parish, that's up in Farmerville, they got eight first-place votes, followed by E.D. White University, U-Lab, over the lab school for uh, LSU, got two per, per first-place votes. Uh, Church Point with one. Uh, Amy comes in fifth, and Madison Prep out of Baton Rouge, Abbeville, that comes in at 401, St. James at eighth, Lake Charles Prep, who uh, uh, the Westgate Tigers played earlier this year. They come in at ninth, and Iowa at uh, 10. Uh, any other vote? Uh, I'd say we have nobody here in 3A in the area receiving votes in that regard. Elsewhere in 2A, Manny comes in with all 11 first-place votes. Of course, two weeks ago, they took down Newman for Newman's only loss of the year and, and beat Newman pretty handedly. Uh, Manny, of course, up there by Toledo Bend, uh, up there off of Highway 6, I do believe. Then Newman comes in second. St. Charles Catholic from Laplace is third. North Caddo, fourth. Mangum, fifth. Dunham, sixth. Calvary Baptist, seventh. Notre Dame with two losses this year, surprisingly, comes in at eighth. Oak Grove up in East Carroll Parish is ninth. And Episcopal out of Baton Rouge is tenth. Of course, Lauraville was receiving some votes. I don't see the, where they garnered any this week. But Welsh, who defeated the Tigers by a score of, you mentioned, 20 to 16, comes in with seven first-place votes. Over in 1A, uh, Homer had nine first-place votes. That's H-O-M-E-R. That's up in North Louisiana, the northwest uh, quadrant. And uh, Washtenaw Christian gathered uh, the other two first-place votes. Logan support comes in at third. Familiar Catholic, they move up a couple spots. They're at now fourth. Uh, Southern Lab is fifth. Uh, Kentwood comes in at sixth. St. Frederick's up in Monroe is uh, seventh. Riverside Academy is eighth. Glenbrook Academy, where I'm, uh, I'm not, I do not know where they are from. I'm guessing Glenbrook. Yeah, but I don't even know where no, Glenbrook I'm, is yeah. in the state. Elsewhere, uh, Catholic High Point Coffee, over in, uh, that's up in the Donaldsonville area. Uh, they come in at 10th. Others receiving votes uh, in our area. Central Catholic uh, from Oregon City got a few votes. And uh, that's it in our area. Haynesville coming in 11th. They've, they've won numerous state championships. So those are our AP polls for this week. And uh, the uh, Louisiana sports writers, I should say, uh, as the – Local teams doing pretty well. Hope to see uh, maybe some more being successful. Of course, high school football this week. Uh, uh, we'll start it up looking at our good old pocket guide. Uh, St. Martinville Tigers, uh, they're going to take on Erath at Erath uh, this coming Friday night. The Yellow Jackets uh, will journey to Opelousas to play the uh, Tigers over there. Elsewhere, Catholic High, well, well, that'll be our game Friday night, they take on Ascension Episcopal in the first district game for both of these schools. Both of these schools, surprisingly, come in at one and four as Ascension Episcopal have won last week for the first time this year, along with Catholic High. Uh, the Tigers, as we mentioned, takes on Father Turlings in a big ball game uh, in a district uh, contest, as Jeff mentioned, four of the top teams in uh, 4A, uh, the Tigers have to play the Lauraville Tigers. They journey to West St. Mary to take on uh, the Wolfpack. And uh, we'll have Coach uh, Terry Martin on at 8 o'clock to tell us a little bit about that. 
Elsewhere, the Generate Tigers, who were mo- moving along pretty good, but uh, were uprooted by Central Catholic last week. They go to Franklin to take on Hanson Memorial. The Highland Baptist Bears uh, go out of district uh, to play Maryville uh, here in New Iberia Friday night. Uh, elsewhere, the Delcrum Panthers take on Franklin uh, in a, another big district game for them. And, of course, we mentioned uh, West St. Mary taking on uh, Lorville at their place out there on uh, Highway 182 uh, up near uh, Baldwin. So uh, high school football this week, Jeff, uh, a lot of interesting games. And uh, any thoughts uh, for you in that regard? Well, again, uh, looking forward to uh, seeing if Catholic High can uh, continue the momentum. Uh, I didn't realize Ascension Episcopal was 1-4 uh, and four as well. But what did Coach Watney have to say last night in regard to his uh, team's game Friday and looking ahead to this Friday. Yeah, last night on the coaches show, he mentioned that uh, he feels pretty good about uh, this is another one of those teams that have given up a lot of points, but score points, just like Eunice. Uh, his defense played really well uh, last week against the Eunice Bobcats and uh, uh, Luke Landry had a pretty good game throwing the football. He was 10 out of 15 for 137 yards. The Panthers rushed for 221 yards. If they can sustain their blocks, uh, Ascension Episcopal doesn't have any really large players. They have one really humongous guy, I think a 300-pounder. But uh, the Panthers feel uh, if they can sustain their blocks and get that big running back, Javon uh, 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 going, uh, Brown, he's 240, 250 pounds. And if he can get a step or two going, he's hard to bring down. He'll carry the load three and four and five yards. He had 14 carries the other night for, I believe, 95, 96 yards for the Panthers. Uh, so uh, Dun- um, uh, Denim Mouton, I think, got dinged up a little bit, came back in the game, not sure if he'll be available. He's a 200-pound running back for him. So the Panthers uh, – uh, mix it up pretty well. It'll be a home game, district game. Uh, Ascension Episcopal's had their number for the past three games, uh, one playoff game, two regular season games. And uh, Coach uh, Watt said that he feels good about it. They've got a lot of work to go. Uh, they uh, open district, and it'd be a big, uh, important time to get their first win of the year. So uh, I mentioned to him off the record, too, uh, that, you know, you have a spy a- at your school. And he kind of looked at me, and I said, yeah, uh, Matt Desmo <laughs> coached there for six, seven years. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he can give you some info on some of the Blue Gator players. So he, he yeah, got, did Scott ever talk about uh, his decision, Matt's decision to? Yeah, I, basically, from what I understand, and uh, this is just uh, hearsay from others, uh, that uh, he just wanted to get out of coaching. Felt that day you'd like to get into administration. In, uh, in the Catholic High vice principal position was open and applied and was accepted, of course, being a former alum of that school. And uh, he's helped him out with a few things over the course of the season, too. So he's with some input. And uh, I'm sure there's, uh, there's um, some talks with regards to some of the uh, – uh, Blue Gators, what they can and can't do. So uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I would night. hope he'd get a good, decent scouting report there. That, yeah, that that should be uh, par for the course, too, uh, in that regard. So we'll see how it all play out. A big game for the Panthers uh, and the Blue Gators. Uh, Friday night on Kane Radio, airtime around 6.30 with uh, kickoff at 7 o'clock. So uh, we'll look forward to that, Jeff. Absolutely. In the meantime, um, uh, as we mentioned uh, with others, the Major League Baseball basically has filled up all their spots, too. The Phillies claim their last spot 
Yeah, former Cubs uh, knocking him out the park, too, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, as he hit, I think it's 45th or 46th last night. For, Another Schwarbon. Uh, yeah, you got it. And hit two of them last night for Good the for Phillies. Him. And uh, beat the Astros, of course, like you mentioned, Astros. Uh, they've got their seeding. Uh, they're the number one seed, I believe, in the American no, League. They cannot improve their lot. No, so, yeah. not at all. So you're giving some other players a chance to see what they can do. And this is a time where, where managers, I think they're going to set their rosters at 25 and 26. So you, some decisions to be made with some of these guys that are on the 40-man roster. Who do you want to hold for this for the playoffs? And uh, who do you want to keep on the roster? Who do you want to move off uh, uh, some interesting decisions for managers in the next few days. Of course, the baseball playoffs begin Friday, uh, sometime Friday, where I think we'll have uh, – I'm not sure if all four wild court games will be played uh, Friday. Uh, They'll probably uh, uh, split them up two and two. At least the first day. Yeah. But they'll have consecutive days. So probably Saturday we'll have four games. Yeah, and uh, as I mentioned, there's still some seeding to be done. The the Braves get beat last night, uh, and uh, the uh, I believe the Mets won last night. Actually, they've got three games Friday. Uh, okay, they do have three games Friday. Cardinals uh, to be determined. Uh, yeah, Cleveland well, to be determined, and the Blue Jays uh, and their to be determined uh, uh, opponent. Uh, and then Saturday, uh, everybody plays. Yeah, they're just basically trying to fill uh, the wild the wild card spots with seating. Uh, as the three wild card teams will either be seated fourth, fifth, or sixth, and there's still some discussion that could be moved around a little bit uh, in that regard. The division uh, uh, winners uh, are seated one, two, and three based upon their overall record during the course of the league. So, waiting for the Mets and the uh, and the Braves to see who's going to get that. Uh, how's that going to be seated? Whether they're a division champ. At probably number two or a seed of a wild card at number four. And I'm not sure if that's a coincidence. That's why that uh, game is not until Saturday. Uh, of all those uh, games, uh, just, I don't know, again, coincidence or because it's not determined who's going to be the home team uh, in that first game as, uh, as the top wild card versus uh, the uh, number two division winner. Someone's got to buy. Yeah, and you know something I didn't pick up on yesterday, and I should have. Uh, the Mets, the Mets in Washington, were uh, washed out. Postponed, yesterday. yeah. Yeah, so they're going to make a. They're going to make. Got to think they're playing two today. And I see where their first game will be at. Let's see, their first game today at three ten. Uh, Washington at the at New York at the Mets. And then the second game at six ten, three hours later, that, that's pushing it, I think. Uh, uh, basically, what they're saying is it's it's not a day-night doubleheader. It no. is back-to-back uh, with a 20-30-minute you know, break between games. See, the Yankees um, do play at one today, uh, the, the first of their two games. Yes. So, who knows, uh, by uh, I'll get off the air at 1 o'clock and maybe get to watch some of that Yankee game. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, the next game, that's a day-night doubleheader. The next game, uh, the Yankees and Texas play their, their two today at 7.05, and I'm sure those times are central uh, with regards to that. So we'll see how that all come around. Uh, Apparently Hurricane Ian uh, spun off a bit of a nor'easter. Oh, did it? And so a lot of rain in the northeast part yeah. of the country right now. Yeah, just talking to somebody earlier this morning about the well, what those folks in uh, – 
in the western side of the Florida Peninsula going through right now uh, with regards to Hurricane Ian. Anyway, we're going to need to go ahead and take our first break this morning. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We're going to be back with more right after this. Athletic field provides challenges that test the competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good-paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. The Corner Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday, it's Southern Jack DJs, and on Sunday, Gerald Grunig and Gentilly Zydeco after the Saints game from 4 to 6. Remember, never a cover at the Corner Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar has more outdoor seating. Corner Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris, and thanks again for voting. The Corner Tavern, best bar and more for this year's Best of the Tesh. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Tuesday morning, October the 4th. Uh, and, you know, a lot of discussion, of course, with the Saints uh, being 1-3 right now, taking on Seattle uh, Sunday in New Orleans. And, of course, the Saints got beat 28-25 uh, over in London's Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in front of uh, right about 61,000 folks. But the Saints, uh, you wonder why they're 1-3? Well, the Saints lead the NFL in turnovers. They've got 11 turnovers. And the only team as of Monday morning uh, that has reached double digits in that category, the Jets, the Patriots, and the Colts trail with nine. Elsewhere, the Saints have 34 offensive penalties, which ranks second in the NFL. After the weekend, only the Broncos have more with 37. But the Saints' 319 yards penalized is a league-high total. I wonder why. Anyway, uh, the Vikings pick up five first downs thanks to Saints' penalties. 
New Orleans didn't gain any first downs via Minnesota penalties. Elsewhere, Will Lutz became just the third Saints kicker to make a field goal of at least 60 yards. Of course, the other two, Tom Dempsey in, in 1970 with a 63-yarder that beat the Lions in old Tulane Stadium. Elsewhere, Martin Anderson with a 60-yarder in 1991. Lutz's was actually 60 yards. And the Saints have lost a league-high six fumbles through the f- first four games. That's more than last season's final count of five through 17 games, which was the second fewest in the NFL. Some obscure facts uh, come into play. Andy Dalton didn't throw a single interception as the Saints quarterback Sunday, yet Jameis Winston's five still leaves New Orleans atop the NFL chart. The Saints are also tied with six other teams for the most interceptions thrown uh, through the weekend's workload. Uh, Dalton's first touchdown pass as a Saint, his 227th of his career, doubled as wide receiver Chris Olave's first career touchdown reception. Dalton's 34 years old, Olave 22, and it was a four-yard pass completion in the second quarter. Elsewhere, the Saints had more fourth-quarter attempts in yards rushing last Sunday, nine for 51 yards, then in the first three weeks of the season combined, two for seven yards. They attempted none versus Atlanta, one for two yards versus against Tampa Bay, and one for five yards against the Panthers. And for the first time this season, New Orleans did not finish with at least 13 uh, third down attempts. The Saints had 10, converting four. That's uh, 40%, which, by the way, is the single best game mark so far this year. Elsewhere, the Saints' last one and three start uh, in the season came in 2016 when they finished seven and nine overall and was the last time New Orleans closed with a losing record. So, and uh, yeah, wasn't that three consecutive seven and nine seasons? Something like that. Yeah, you know, after the Saints in 2006 when they lost to the Bears in the championship game, I think they went seven and nine the next two years before they took off on that Super Bowl run. They were 13 and 0 until the Cowboys beat them in the Dome. Then they lost to Tampa Bay and also Carolina Panthers to have a three-game losing streak heading on into the the playoffs and uh, knock off the uh, Cardinals and then the uh, Vikings to head to the Super Bowl where they – they win it uh, against the Colts. So, uh, yeah, they and the Colts had similar paths to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, both were undefeated for a long time, and then uh, when they did finally clinch their respective positions in the postseason, started resting players, and both teams lost. Uh, you said the Saints three. I think the Colts lost two of their last three, and. Uh, but again, they were uh, they they strategized properly because they both made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. I, I know that was the first time in a few years that both number one seeds made it to the Super Bowl. Since then, I'm not sure how many have done that uh, with the number one seeds or the best record in each uh, conference made it to the Super Bowl. So uh, elsewhere, uh, the Saints uh, coach uh, coach Dennis Allen says, I think we have a good group of guys in the locker room. We have had some good veteran leadership. We'll bounce back from this. We certainly need to play better. We need to turn some things around. It's a long season. There's a lot of season left. We're going to keep battling. We're going to keep uh, fighting. Of course, if that's not coach speak, I'm yeah. not sure <laughs> what anything else is. Elsewhere, uh, safety, Tyron Matthew, uh, on how close the team is to winning a game again. I think we're close. 
obviously a lot of expectations for us coming into the season, not even outside our locker room. I think within just looking across the locker room, there's a lot of great players on our team, and it doesn't always start the way you hope, right? And it's kind of like life sometimes. We get a little bit of adversity, and you got to keep on kicking. So uh some interesting uh things with uh with the saints so uh alabe so far is coming out you know four catches 67 yards and a touchdown uh in that regard andy dalton didn't really have a bad game he was sacked twice but he was 20 out of 28 236 yards and a touchdown and uh, as i mentioned vikings uh punter ryan wright who was two lanes punter last year was one for one for 13 yards of course he was a quarterback in high school and threw for Six seven thousand yards uh, in high school. Uh, Saints. Mashawn um, Lattimore had ten tackles, seven solo. Pete Werner, number twenty, the linebacker, nine total tackles, eight solo. Demario Davis, nine total tackles, six solo. Man, of course, up next for the Saints, they return home to host the Seahawks uh, inside the Superdome on Sunday, Week Five, and noon kickoff uh, on Fox. And the Seahawks are coming off a forty-eight forty-five victory over the Lions and. Uh, uh, Geno Smith had a heck of a day throwing the football, I think, that afternoon, too, scoring 48 points. Lions got down early and had to battle back. I think they were down at least 17 points at one time and uh, came back uh, to pretty much uh, even things out, get beat by three, though. And uh, so um, Seattle coming to town thinking they can play. You know, remember last year when the Saints played Seattle, uh, Geno Smith uh, didn't have a good game at all. Saints harassed him a lot. Did he play in that game? I think he did. I think, and then the the backup. Oh, uh, he was the backup. He was. I mean, he would have had to. Have yeah, Russell Wilson was, was the quarterback. It, yeah, but, it but like, I don't remember. Seemed yeah. like he came. Well, was Wilson hurt in that game last year? I'm trying to recall. Remember, he had the same type of injury Breeze had with the thumb or something to do with his hand, and uh, seemed like he missed that game last year. But the Saints ended up beating him. And Geno Smith, I remember saying, we can't beat Geno Smith. We, uh, we've got a lot of trouble coming our way in that regard. So, uh, again, uh, I think, uh, think Geno Smith played in that game. 13-10, to 10, the Saints won. Yeah. And uh, let's see, see Jameis I- Winston uh, had a touchdown throw in that game. Uh, let, let me uh, cursor ahead here. See, Mike Wilson was on the sideline for that game and uh, didn't play due to an injured hand or, you know, maybe a knee. He had he had an injury. I don't think he played. I think Geno Smith. I could still see Geno Smith uh, uh, back there throwing passes. And uh, do you see any uh, statistics from that particular? Yeah, Geno Smith was the starter and uh, the only quarterback, or only one who threw it anyway. He had a touchdown pass as well. Yeah, it was thirteen to ten, low scoring game. Saints pull it out up in Seattle too. If my yes, memory serves yes. me correctly, also, yeah, Wilson was hurt, and I can't remember what the situation was. It seemed like he had the same type of injury Breeze had on his thumb a few years earlier in that game. So, uh, anyway, we'll see how that's going to transpire. I'm, I'm, let's see if I can spot any type of uh, line. I, I'm, I'd be willing to bet the Saints should have a, a small. Um, I thought we saw yesterday that they were installed as a three or four point favorite. Yeah, that's correct, and. Uh, that uh, basically, oh, it's up to six hmm. right now. Let's see if it, it what it opened at. It opened at, uh, it says here, it opened at uh, six. It dropped down to, we saw it yesterday, it was down to four. And uh, now it's back up to six again. So a lot of betting for the Saints uh, in that regard. 
as of this morning, 7, 7 a.m., uh, Saints are a six-point uh, pick to win the game. So, And the over and under of that particular game is uh, uh, 46. So, yeah, interesting spread. Score. After Seattle scores 48, yeah, uh, the, the amazing, total huh? is just 46. <laughs> That's right. That's a lot of respect for the Saints defense. Uh, you're right about that, too. Uh, and the Saints defense have, uh, have really played well so far this year. As you mentioned yesterday, switching gears a little bit, uh, Tony LaRusso will step down. He's 78. Uh, I think one of the reporters said this morning that he's not going to coach this year, the rest of this year, or next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, well, that's, uh, that's, it goes with the flow. So. Rick, Rick Hahn is the GM, and he and LaRusso both met the media yesterday and both put it on themselves uh, the way that team uh, stumbled uh, throughout the second half of the season. I mean, really, the last three weeks, uh, I mean. I mean, they were fighting for that double They were only two, spot. three games back at Cleveland, and all of a sudden, and Cleveland got hot. Yes, they I mean, did. No, nothing wrong with that. Um, but uh, the White Sox stumbled, and uh, I think Han's going to lose a lot of sleep uh, in this offseason over what he witnessed. Anyway, uh, speaking of... Larissa, he'll sleep fine. Oh, yeah. He, I'm not worried about him. If, uh, you know, they're talking about what the baseballs brought, these home run balls over the last 20 years or so with McGuire and, and, and Bonds and all those people. Uh, well, they're talking if Aaron Judge is 67 home run, uh, assuming he hits it, of course, uh, finds the seats instead of the bullpen, uh, could it make history setting the AL single season record? Well... By the numbers, uh, number 62, they say, could sell for upwards of $1.25 million. And uh, also, that would trail only Mark McGuire's 70th home run in 98, where somebody paid $3 million for that ball. And that was, uh, I think, hitting uh, Bush, the uh, old Bush Stadium back in 98. And the most expensive home ball ever sold, too. Elsewhere. By, uh, by the way, great crowd in Texas last night for the game. Uh, yeah, they probably had... Um, a near sellout, and yeah, the the stands in the outfield were pretty well packed, uh, to say the least. Yeah, someone was hoping for a, a big souvenir. Well, that's that's just like it when Roger Maris hit his sixty first home run in sixty one. They had twenty three, twenty four thousand people at the game, and it seemed like everybody was sitting down the right field line, <laughs> out in the seats out there. Anyway, uh, the number two ball uh, all time in nineteen thirty three, the All Star Game ball that Babe Ruth hit. Uh, sold for $805,000. And these are probably prices people paid recently for a lot of these balls. Barry Bonds, number 756. Of course, that top Hank Aaron sold for 752000 Hank Aaron, 755 went for 650000 Bonds, number 73, went for 518000 uh, his number 762, which was his last home run, which is still the mark in the major leagues, 377,000. Bonds is 500th, went for 303, that's 100,000. Eddie Murray's 500, went for 280,000. Bonds is 715, went for 220,000. And Sammy Sosa's number 66 went for 150,000. And, uh, uh, last night, uh, Albert Pujols hit his 7.03, and I was watching the game. The guy that caught the ball was a Cardinal fan to, coming uh, to watch the game, and uh, he mentioned on air that someone offered him $100,000 for the ball, and he told him no. And uh, he said, I'm going to keep the ball and put it in my safe. 
And uh, one of the Cardinal, uh, Jim Haynes, went, went around to meet him and said that uh, I'll give you a couple autographs from our announcers up in the press box. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, he was kind of trying to hold face and not to laugh, uh, to make a fool. Uh, they've even had people offer him a lot of other things. But Signed scorecard. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, but uh, he says I'm going to hold on to the ball. and uh, See you know. see how it develops. Uh, you, yeah. I, Quite frankly, though, 704 will be more valuable than 703, and 703 might not be valuable at all That's right. if 704 comes around. So, I don't know, I, I, I might take that money right now if it was offered to me. Well, it's like somebody offered him, came up to him after he caught the ball, offered him $100,000, but uh, I, I don't know. Uh, and whoever, whatever fan called Albert 700th home run ever decides to sell it, it will likely land near the top of this list for now. He intends to keep it, though, and this was the first home run ever hit. Uh, uh, Babe Bruce was the first home run ever hit in an All-Star game. So uh, that, that all comes into play, too. So we'll see uh, what will transpire. I'm trying to recall, you know, when somebody paid $3 million for number 70 for McGuire, of course, everybody thought that would uh, – be the all-time record for a single season. Of course, Barry Bonds comes two or three years later, hits 73, and I don't think anybody uh, paid him. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned, you know, on his seven, uh, 73rd home run, he, he didn't get uh, but $518,000. Uh, I don't think a lot of folks had uh, respect for those uh, numbers at that time. Yeah, right? especially with the I mean, steroid. There, there is almost no interest in watching him break Hank Aaron's record. That's right. There, there is very little interest. I mean, the, the Giants um, commemorated it. They uh, had the numbers on the wall, those kind of things, the countdown. But outside of uh, the Bay Area, I just don't think there was much enthusiasm over it. Yeah, when you think it, number 73 would command a lot of money, but uh, it kind of faded, like you said. And uh, it uh, Anyway, it's a baseball. I think you can go to the store and get one for uh, <laughs> 8 or $10 if you want to pay that for a baseball. So, uh, and then get it autographed. Uh, that uh, That works. Anyway, Jeff, uh, let's go ahead and take our next break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, uh, October the 4th. We'll be back with more with Bayou Sports, and uh, stay tuned. Uh, we have Coach Terry Morton of the Lowerville Tigers on approximately 8 o'clock. So we'll be back with more on Bayou Sports right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. 
The Corner Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday, it's Southern Jack DJs. And on Sunday, Gerald Grunig and Gentile Zydeco after the Saints game from 4 to 6. Remember, never a cover at the Corner Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU. And no bar has more outdoor seating. Corner Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. Now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris. And thanks again for voting. The Corner Tavern, best bar and more for this year's Best of the Tesh. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240 on this big uh, October 4th day. And, and, Jeff, we hadn't talked much about, you know, but the uh, basketball season's right around the corner in the National Hockey League also. Uh, they're getting ready to kick it all off uh, soon and uh, – uh, I noticed where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, previously ripped Ky- uh, Kyrie Irving for his reckless anti-vaccine status. Now he is, he's got even stronger words after Irving posted a video last month for a conspiracy theorist, Alex Jones. And Kyrie Irving would be dismissed as a comical buffoon if it weren't for his influence over young people who look up to athletes. Irving does not seem to have the capacity to change but we have the capacity to keep fighting against his brand of destructive behavior. One way to do that is to ride his sponsors and tell him to drop Irving. <laughs> you will drop them. That's from uh, Abdul-Jabbar as he reacts to the news uh, in that regard. So Irving, you know what he – I don't think – did he ever play in a game in New York this past year? Uh, the postseason. The postseason they, they he was allowed him, to yeah. play. But uh, he, like, if you go to Toronto and you're not vaccinated, you can't play. Not at this point. They lifted that. that that's right. They did for the playoffs, I just, mm-hmm. I do believe, not for the regular season. Anyway. And, uh, and that's not just sports. That's I mean, right. That, that was, you know, anybody traveling into Canada. Canada. That's right. Passport or not, you had to have your vaccines. Uh, not sure if they required the boosters, but I know you had to have no, the first yeah. two and, and And again, you know, the, not to get completely off topic, but... Um, while people are still getting COVID, the numbers are down, uh, uh, but uh, the treatment is so much better. The hospitalization rate is yes. so much better. The death rate is so much uh, improved that, uh, you know, people are a little less uh, afraid of COVID. And, you know, again, people got tired of dealing with uh, the restrictions and that, uh, stopped ignoring them. So, uh, but again, better treatment. Yeah, my brother had COVID. He and his wife uh, the last uh, couple of weeks, and they're just getting through it now. So, uh, and he was, to my knowledge, uh, had his shots. He and his wife both. 
Anyway, Michael Irvin hit the news also uh, with a quote here, blasted the media and fans for going too far in this criticism of the Dalton's coach, Mike McDaniel, for his handling of uh, Tua Tagliavoa uh, with his uh, injury. And for people to start to questioning this man's character, I thought that was a little too far. I thought that was wrong. Of course, most of those coaches rely on the medical staff. Yeah, of course. Of you know, course. it's not the coaches saying, oh, you got to play. I don't, you just dinged up. It's the medical staff that pulls There was those supposed strings. to be an independent person, not paid for by the team, but That's the league correct. that was supposed to do it. And the NFL's chief uh, guy was, uh, and again, whether it was to you know, stave off litigation or whatever. Uh, said, you know, it's tough. It, it's tough. The symptoms are not always easy to detect. And, well, you need a little help from the players, too, That's right. to be honest That's uh, right. with how they're feeling. You know, if you're a little woozy or got a little, yeah, it's, it's uh, but the medical staff, not the coaches make those final decisions, believe you me. Anyway, J.J. Watt, too, got an emotion, real emotional. Uh, about that? Yeah, when he was discussing his recent health scare and his heart had to be shocked back into rhythm. Uh, I didn't. I didn't realize that. You, you might have heard it, but for months we've been uh, looking at the ultrasound of our baby boy. And Thursday we were looking at an ultrasound of my heart, and it was very tough. So, uh, you know, J.J. Watt, who uh, we know, he and his brother, man, they 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 they've led this league in sacks, other than Donald with the Rams, the defensive lineman, uh, in that regard. So. Uh, Hopefully, um, J.J. Watt can get back on the field, play, and uh, be successful. And got out of Houston and uh, moved on. Uh, of course, he had all kind of great things to say about Houston when he was there. But uh, the first vapor trail out of Houston by J.J. Watt was his. So, uh, as he moved on uh, with that. As I mentioned, the NBA are uh, getting ready to crank it up. And uh, two potential top picks in next year's NBA draft will meet outside uh, tonight in Las Vegas when the G League invites. Uh, and there's a French club, the Metropolitans, 92. They've got a guy, I'm a Victor Wambanyama, who's 18 years old, and he's seven foot four, uh, And he's a French phenom. Uh, is widely considered the best prospect since LeBron James mm. at seven foot four. What kind of wingspan does he have? So, uh, anyway, that'd be interesting. Another uh, player that's uh, hot on the market, uh, Scott Henderson, or Scoot Henderson, I should say, the point guard from Georgia, averaging about uh, 15 a game in the G League last year at just 17. He's like a rocket going to, to the lane, they say, and the NBA draft room, uh, which likens him to a prime uh, Westbrook. So, uh We'll see how that uh, happens tonight. Uh, if you want to watch a little uh, baseball tonight, the Yankees and the Rangers, to see if uh, that's on the Major League Baseball Network, to see if you can watch Aaron Judge hit number 62. Of course, again, the first game at 1. That's right. That's right. That, they show here at 2 p.m., but that's Eastern time. And, of course, the second game at 710, uh, I do believe, or somewhere in that capacity. Of course, the Phillies and the Astros on TBS tonight. So if you have uh, – uh, one of the network cable systems that carry TBS. You can watch the Phillies and Astros. But that, again, is for no particular uh, reason. I guess it may be just a sectional or regional game with that. In the NBA preseason tonight, uh, the Pelicans tip it off on TNT. At, uh, they're going to be at the Bulls, uh, I think, an 830 uh, tip-off on TNT. So A lot of watch. optimism uh, in New Orleans yes. with the Pelicans right now. Uh, uh, somewhat Hopefully healthy uh, 
Williamson, uh, but Zion, but um, Ingram too uh, Ingram is another player. Yeah, but they have they're speaking raves about uh, Zion Williamson uh, coming into the preseason. That it looks like he's healthy finally, and uh, hopefully he can have a good year and stay uh, stay healthy for that matter. So uh, still go back to when he blew out his shoe when he was playing at Duke, <laughs> and then he's had uh, ankle injuries, foot injuries since then with the uh, Pelicans. Uh, well, same thing happened to Anthony Davis, too. And the Pelicans shipped him off to uh, the Lakers. And, of course, that's how they picked up Zion Williams. Of course, they did have to pull the lucky number out the hat yeah, to get yeah. Zion Williams. And, uh, and I think the same thing with Anthony Davis, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. The they, two they, lucky pulls. Could you imagine those two being on the same floor together along with uh, the, the players, this, uh, the Pelicans? But, again, today? It, it, Anthony Davis has had a ton of injury it's issues, still too. With, that's right, still with the Lakers. So, just, uh, you know, 82 games in the playoffs, it's, it's a long year in basketball. And uh, just like baseball, 162 games. I've never heard of anybody going 162-0, and 0, even though the Cubs, I think, set the all-time record percentage-wise, winning 116 games. But Seattle also won 116 games, of course, had more losses because they mm. played eight more games during the course of the year, and that was in 2001 or 2002 um, when Seattle one, one. won. Yeah. Okay. I, I know uh, you guys will talk about it on Friday, but since it opens seven hours before the Cane Fishing and Hunting Show, special eight-day uh, season for Red Snapper. Yeah, I got a phone call this morning about that, too. And also, uh, you'll be able to take four of them yeah. instead of the usual three. So that begins just after midnight Friday, uh, early Friday morning. That is correct. And also, uh, I think uh, 40,000 pounds away from uh, trajectory of 39,000 plus. Yeah, yeah uh, of, of 800, 9,000, uh, a few pounds more. So, uh, hey, for you red fishermen, red uh, snapper fishermen, uh, you allowed a few more. So if you can get three or four of you out there, you can pull in a few uh, red snapper, uh, 16 to be if it's four you all, 12 with three. But uh, uh, how long will it last? Probably just weekend. They'll shut it down again. Eight, eight days. It's scheduled for eight days. Yeah. And uh, that's but, not weekend. That's regular days. Is yes. that correct? Yes. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, it's funny. They call it a declaration of emergency. Good God, there's too many red <laughs> snapper out there. We must do something about it. Yeah, and the problem is you got to go out there a little ways to catch red snapper. It's not like the, uh, like the redfish uh, that uh, bound around the shores here in the cutlets and inlets, shark bayou and the cove and other places. So, anyway, uh, an eight-day extension and uh, 40,000 pounds approximately to catch for red snapper you're able to. So, uh, get out there. I think midnight tonight. So if you want to get out there and wait till midnight and drop your no, line Friday, uh, Friday. Oh, excuse just, me. Just You're after right. midnight, Thursday into Friday. Yeah. So that's a uh, a nice weekend. Uh, and of course, uh, Montesset can uh, shut it down when he wants. So uh, when he thinks they've hit that quota. Anyway, Jeff, uh, yeah, let's, let's go take, take our break. next break and get Coach Terry Martin online and have him uh, talk about his game uh, last week against the Welsh Greyhounds. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main across from the shadows. 
Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions, and you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49. Because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. We'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs. Eagle Ridge, Kangaroo, and Sugar Oak. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, October the 4th. And on the line with us is head football coach uh, Terry Martin with the Lorville Tigers. Good morning, coach, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you all very much for having me on this morning. Yeah, Coach, uh, tough uh, tough loss last Friday uh, for the Tigers as they took on the Welsh Greyhounds. And you kind of warned us uh, on the show last week, this is a pretty good football team in the Welsh Greyhounds. And uh, kind of, I know you were on Sports Corner Saturday morning, but for our listeners here on Bayou Sports, could you kind of recap the game a little bit uh, last uh, Friday? Uh, again, like, like we had talked, uh, you know, when, when we talked last week, they, uh, they, they, they were coming in. I think scoring 56 week one, 65 week two, and then they scored 73 points in, in week three. So obviously, when you look at that, you know, even though the the, the teams that they had played probably, you know, obviously wasn't up to their level, you know, when somebody can score that many points, even if it's on air, you know, against no one, it's sure. pretty impressive. So we were obviously very concerned about slowing them down. But uh, but what we did, uh, you know, they had they had the potential to throw the ball, I think, better than than a couple of the other teams that we played. And but but their running game was really concerned us, and so when we looked at you know what they ran on offense, and then coupled with how we played the week before with our run defense, we we really just went back to the drawing board and then tried to get a lot better with, with our, our our interior six, you know, with our front guys, four guys on our defensive line and our linebackers, and just more worked on on technique than anything else. On you know they did a lot of down blocks in the week before. Our ends and our, our defensive tackles didn't play it that well. Uh, we, we ran up the field too much. We didn't squeeze. They didn't get their hands on the linemen like they should have. So, really, that's all we worked, uh, you know, last week in practice. 
and uh, from that standpoint, we, we did. We, we were much improved. Uh, we actually, the, you know, they, they didn't score at all in the first half. We really shut them down pretty well. I want to say they had two, maybe three, four down attempts where they went for it, and each time we stopped them. You know, we, we, so we, we made a huge improvement with our front. Uh, unfortunately, at some point, I don't remember if it was right at the end of the first half or early in the third quarter, we had an injury to one of our best defensive players. Uh, at first, it looked really serious when he went down. Uh, we actually thought it might have been a knee. Turns out it was an ankle when you know, we thought it was really serious again. But uh, as of now, it looks like it's just a little great sprain. And, uh, you know, hopefully within a couple of weeks we can get him back. But once we lost, you know, that, that, that key player, we started struggling a little bit more to stop them. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, they, they, they scored real late to kind of go ahead. But overall, man, you know, again, I, I talked about it on Saturday. I'm not big on moral victories, but I thought that just as a team, we played much better fundamentally defensively. We, uh, we actually came off the ball really well on offense. Uh, and, and I know, I think we made a big improvement from, from the week before. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we, we, you know, and I, I tried to go back through my career and then see, you know, and think about if we've ever had this. But we, we had eight drop balls uh, where, where, you know, we, balls that should have been completions. Uh, I want to see, you know, Hayden had one of his better nights throwing the ball. Uh, and, again, you know, I, I really don't look at the stats that much after each game as far as, you know, individual stats. But he probably had one of his better nights throwing the ball. But eight of them should have been caught also. Yeah, you know, that's, so, you know, that's a lot of drops, Coach. Eight drops and, and, uh, could and, really and, separate know, the game. Obviously, and again, you know, that was a lot of first downs, and, you know, who knows? You know, who knows if we win or not, but, man, they would have kept those drives alive. You know, I don't – right off – I don't think any of them would have been, you know, sure shot touchdowns, but, but again, man, it just – I don't think I've ever seen that before, you know, and which was really crazy is that uh, this year we probably do more uh, drills catching the ball than we've ever done because uh, what we started doing, whenever we're doing our special teams, those guys who aren't involved on, on, any, on any of the kicking game, we have a, have a coach that takes them, and, and they do nothing but catch the ball. And, uh, you know, so it, it was just kind of a, a really odd situation. I think it was just you know, something that normally doesn't happen. You know, you might have a drop every now and then, but, but this was just – and it was multiple guys. It wasn't just one guy. And so, uh, you know, it's something obviously we, we got to really focus on this week uh, because I think definitely it would have made a difference in the game. But, but overall, again, I thought our kids just fought a lot harder. I think they, they took not just the loss, but the way that we lost the week before personally. And I know, again, I know our defensive coordinator, uh, I know he challenged them pretty well, uh, pretty, pretty hard when we, when we did the film after that. And I just I thought our, our kids responded better, in, you know, in spite of the fact that it was freaking homecoming. And, uh, and so – you know, again, uh, I just hope, like I told him this week, again, it's more about just we just got to keep on worrying about us, focusing on getting a little bit better each day, and, and this, and, you know, I think things will start falling into place a little bit better for us. Well, Coach, uh, you take on uh, this week, you got to travel to Baldwin to take on West St. Mary, and they've had their issues this year uh, stopping people. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about uh, the Wolfpack? Uh, the, the biggest thing about them is that they're so young. Uh, you know, even before Coach Indes left, you know, when he, when he and I talked about it, he was really excited about his freshman and sophomore group. He said they had a lot of talented kids in that group. Uh, you know, again, he was concerned that they were a little bit low on as far as experienced players. But I, I know that he was looking forward to the younger guys they had. Since he's left, it, seemed that, it seems that they've lost a few of even, you know, the few older guys. 
I, I want to say, uh, talking to Coach Faz uh, about two weeks ago, he actually went, he called and canceled that. We were supposed to play JV today, but he called and canceled the game because most of those ninth and 10th graders now are having to play on Friday night. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of, a, you know, worries you because they, they, they have some talented kids. It's just that they're so inexperienced. And, you know, I, I want to say he might have maybe two junior, or two seniors and three juniors left uh, that, that are playing right now. So he, he's just going through, you know, unfortunately I've been through that too. He's just going through some growing pains right now. Um, you know, I, I don't think it has anything to do with what they're running on offense and defense. It's just that they're so inexperienced. But a team like that worries me because, uh, you know, the, the, you can only, you can't fool kids. You know, when they watch the film, they see that these kids are struggling. So you just got to hope that they don't, you know, overlook this team or take this team too lightly because then again, we'll look pretty bad when we play Friday. So that's kind of been our message this week. They are, they are playing young kids. Uh, their numbers are down. But we, we can't worry about that because I, I always try to get them to remember that we have to keep the end goal in mind. You know, we want to gradually get better each week. So once we get to the playoffs, we're peaking. We're playing our best. And, you know, maybe we surprise a couple of people and make a little run. So, uh, and, but, with, but with kids, teenagers, it's extremely hard to do that. Uh, got you there. So, and then, you know, so I got, we, we talk all the time with other coaches and say, you know, it, it, it's the one profession where you have to rely on teenagers. And, and you know, to, to, to do well and to have success, and that, that's the kind of scary prospect. You know, and there's so many other things that, that they have there that they're thinking of that they want to do. You know, 20, 30 years ago, uh, when I first started, High school football is pretty much the only game in town. That's the, you know everybody played. You know there wasn't all these all these crazy other things. So many multiple things that they have available for them, and so uh, you know it, it's it's really hard, especially today. I think so that's the biggest challenge to me is to to keep these kids mentally focused, and, you know, and have their mind on the right thing. And uh, so that you know that's going to be our, our big push this week. Just get a little bit better at what we do, and then really not worry about who we're playing. Tell you what, Coach, um, you said something that reminded me of the first pregame interview I did with a high school coach, and he said, uh, but at the end of the day, you never know what's in the heart of a 16-, 17-year-old kid, and, uh, yeah, so much is out of their control. That, that, no doubt about that, man. And, and again, it, it just seems like, like I mentioned, there's so many other things going on. Uh, you know, they have so many other issues that they're dealing with, and uh, it could be, you know, to us as adults, the uh, a very very minor thing, but but to a teenager, you know whether you know with with they're going through you know hormones, adolescence, all, all the things that they have going on, you know sometimes things really get blown out of proportion, and, and so uh, I think that's you know it's a big challenge for coaches today is, is to keep them focused on what we need to do to get better, and you know, I'm just hoping that we can do that this week. There you go, coach. Um, with tonight's game canceled, any other events this week? Uh, not that I know of. No, uh, you know we were going to play a uh, JV game, and in the past, uh, you know, just since I've been in this, in this district, West St. Mary, their numbers have been pretty low, and they they've never really played any JV games. But when when Coach Indes got there, you know, that was one of the big things he wanted to, to start. I know he scheduled a bunch of them, and uh, you know he was going to you know try to play them because again, most guys that have good programs, the the, the, the JV program is, is a is a huge. Part, part of it you know you, you have to put a lot of emphasis and a lot of focus i think on those games because those younger kids in order to keep them interested they have to play you know they they you know if you, if you just go to practice every day and you're on the scout squad and you get knocked around and all that and you don't get to have fun you know you you, you can't keep kids in the program 
And uh, at the other couple of schools where I've been, I've had, uh, even like when I was an assistant at Bro Bridge, I remember one year we had a ton of rainouts. So, you know, just a lot, of, a lot of heavy rain. And back then, nobody had turf. So you, you didn't want to mess up your football field during the week with the JV games. So a lot of coaches would cancel JV games when they had heavy rain. And I just remember one year, we, uh, you know, going to the semifinals. But because of all the rain that year, we canceled probably five or six of our JV games. Well, the following year, we turned around, had one or two key injuries, and then the majority of those kids had no experience at all. And we went from a semifinal team to a one and nine team. You know, same coaches, you know, a lot of the same players. But, but just because those, the, the kids that you had to count on the following year had zero experience, it really, really hurt. And, and you know, even way back then, I want to say that was probably like a 1995, 96. You know, I, I, I realized that, you know, if ever I am a head coach, I'm going to make sure we play as many JV games as we can because it just had a, it has a huge impact on, on, the, on the, you know, how, how you're going to be, how your program is going to be, if it's going to be successful or not. Yeah, and Coach, that's one of the things uh, when you came to Lauraville and uh, we were doing that Wednesday night show, I think we talked about the progress of youth football in Lauraville overall and how important that development has been. And, and you see right now we, uh, we have a couple of different groups that, that are trying to get our, our PE football going again. And uh, we have, you know, besides the flag football groups that we've been having, we've, you know, we were finally able, again, COVID had a lot to do with shutting a lot yeah, of stuff down yeah. too. But you know, we found we finally have it going to where we have two youth football teams right now. Uh, they they actually, you know, I, I leave the stadium open for them four nights a week. They come practice. They're playing games, and and so I, I think again, it's extremely important for those younger kids just to, to keep their interest in football to, for for your high school program. And you know, I'm very fortunate. Uh, our mayor, you know, Brad Clifton, and uh, several other alumni who played here, you know, they've taken an interest in it, and they're making sure that, that we get it going again. Because I, I just think those kids have to play. You know, if you don't get them when they're young and, and get them playing, they're not going to play when they get older. So I, I'm pretty thankful that we have people in our community who have it going again. There you go. Coach, always a pleasure, uh, whether it be on these Tuesday mornings or Saturday morning. And I know we're going to be back out uh, in Lauraville a couple of Fridays from now. But thanks so much for joining us. Thank you all very much for having me on. I'll talk to you all soon. All right. All right. Thank Appreciate you, Coach. It. Good luck. Anyway, uh, interesting, uh, his observations about uh, with JV football, too, Jeff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, of course, uh, today in sports history, October the 4th, in 1906, Jeff, the Cubs beat the Pirates 4 to nothing to end Major League Baseball season with a 116-36 uh, losses with a 7-6-3 winning percentage, which has been unmatched in Major League Baseball since. Uh, the Cubs uh, set the all-time record for winning percentage. In 1922, writer Grantland Rice does the announcing of the Giants and Yankees World Series broadcast for the first time over radio stations WJZ and WGY in New York. Elsewhere in 1930, Philadelphia Athletics' uh, Jack Quinn, age 47, is the oldest to play in a World Series. He pitched two innings in Game 3 in a 5 nothing shutout of the Cardinals, and uh, they go on to win the series Four to two. 1936, a record crowd of 67,000 packs Yankee Stadium for Game Four of the Baseball World Series. These Yankees beat the Giants five to two and win the series four to two. Of course, the Yankees go on to win, uh, I think, four more World Series uh, that uh, into that decade. In 38, the Yankees win their third straight championship, beating the Cubs eight to three at Yankee Stadium for a 4-0 sweep. In 1944, the all 
St. Louis World Series at Sportsman Park with the visiting Browns beating the Cards 2-1 to one on George McQuinn's homer. Cards win the series, though, 4-2. Elsewhere in 48, the Indians beat the Red Sox 8-3 in a one-game playoff to decide the AL pennant. Of course, the Indians go on to win the World Series that year. Last time, the Indians have captured. I think they've played in the World Series three, possibly four times since then, having lost all of those uh, games. Uh, elsewhere in 53, in the 50th World Series, uh, the Yankees beat the Dodgers 4-3 at Yankee Stadium for a 4-2 series win. Of course, the Yankees record their fifth straight World Series. The MVP of the World Series, Billy Martin, who I think said at the time who had the most hits in the World Series. I think he had 11 in that uh, six-game series. I think uh, Bobby Richardson broke it in the 60 series. 1955, big day for Brooklyn as they win their first World Series with a 2 to nothing victory over the Yanks at Yankee Stadium in Game 7. The MVP, Brooklyn pitcher Johnny Padres, who uh, threw a shutout at the Yankees, and Gil Hodges knocks in the only two runs and a great catch by Sandy Alomars over in left field to uh, save a big inning of for the Dodgers. Elsewhere in 59, the first World Series game played west of St. Louis as the Dodgers beat the White Sox 3-1 in Game 3. A record crowd at uh, L.A. Memorial Coliseum of almost 93,000 uh, watched the game. In 1959, future Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown makes a club record 37 rushing attempts for the Browns in a 34-7 win against the Chicago Cardinals. A lot of people don't realize that. The Cardinals went from Chicago to St. Louis to Arizona, the 1960 Chicago Cardinals. In 1961, Whitey Ford records his third straight shutout of the, as the Yanks win 2 to nothing uh, versus the Reds in Game 1 at Yankee Stadium. New York wins the series 4-1. to one. And uh, in 67, the Cards beat the Red Sox 2-1 to one in Game 1 of the World Series at Fenway. Uh, and the first fall classic since 48, not to feature the Yankees, the Giants, or the Dodgers. Mm. The Cards beat the Red Sox 4-3. Lou Brock that day. Uh, Gibson throws the uh, shutout. Lou Brock, I think, uh, went 4-4 four for four and stole either two or three bases that afternoon. In 1987, the first scab Sunday, Jeff, uh, happened on this date in the NFL with replacement players as a result of the player strike, uh, chiefly related to the expiration of the 1982 collective bargaining agreement. Players returned uh, two weeks later, but uh, we can recall all those scab games. Uh, Sean Payton was the quarterback of the Bears in one of those games against the Saints, and uh, if you recall. In 2001, San Francisco Giants slugger Barry Bonds hits number 70, his home run number 70 in a win versus Houston. He ties Mark McGuire for the most Major League home runs in a season. Of course, he goes on to hit 63 that year. 2018, New England Tom Brady uh, becomes only third quarterback to record 500 career touchdown passes in the Patriots' 38-24 win over the Colts in Foxborough. And the quote of the day, uh, just a scab quote, uh, and as everybody remembers in the, in the movie The Replacement Players, uh, Anyway, no names, has-beens, and never would be. So, with the type of players that played in those games. But a couple of them made it to uh, the NFL. Not a lot, but uh, a few of them ended up making teams. Uh, and uh, today, that's uh, Today in Sports History, October the 4th. And, uh, Jeff, uh, back to you. All right. Once again, big thanks to Coach Terry Martin joining us. Tomorrow, a couple of head coaches uh, with us, Artie Lauza at Delcom at about 730 Coach Rick Hudson to follow at about 7.45 from Highland Baptist. We'll look forward to uh, those two gentlemen joining us. And we certainly thank our sponsors, including 
the Headache and Pain Center, Schwing Insurance, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, the Quarter Tavern, L.A. Classic Roofing, and Jacob Landry, candidate for state rep district number 49 next fall of 2023. Once again, appreciate their support of Bayou Sports.